0: In the Acts of the Apostles, we hear that the number of disciples was growing quite rapidly. And we also know from church history and through Scripture itself that life for many of these new converts, life for many of these new disciples, uh, was very difficult. In fact, St. Peter wrote a letter addressing some of these difficulties that these new disciples of Jesus were facing. He was writing to encourage them uh, to persevere persevere in their newfound faith. And so we've been hearing from this particular letter since the week after Easter. A few weeks ago, we heard St. Peter warn these new Christians that, yeah, trials are going to come into your life, because of your faith. You're going to have to undergo some trials because you've chosen to follow the Lord. Jesus himself experienced trials. We're not better than Jesus, so we should expect that. Last week, we heard in the second reading uh, that in the midst of persecution, in the midst of some of their trials, that they need to act like Christ in the midst of his trials. So, Peter told these new Christians, when you're insulted, don't return an insult. When you suffer because of your faith, don't threaten other people. Well, today, Peter begins to address the topic of rejection. All right, St. Peter says to these new Christians... He says that they should come to the Lord as living stones rejected by human beings but chosen and precious in the sight of God. It is true that very often living out the Catholic faith is going to lead to some type of exclusion or rejection from human beings. Sometimes this rejection is very explicit we're told, or shown very clear signs, that we're not welcome. I know a lot of Catholics are feeling this uh, in politics right now, okay? Even though they and their families have been members of particular political parties, they find themselves increasingly uh, at odds, and are feeling as though they no longer have a place in their past political parties. We also sometimes deal with what we might say is an implicit rejection, where we have to say to our family and friends, you know, I'm sorry, but I can't go down this path with you any longer. I need to change the way that I do things. Okay, this happens a lot with young people, okay, especially if they're in a relationship that might be moving along a little too quickly for them. It might be pressured to do things that they know is wrong, things that they don't feel comfortable doing, so they have to cut the relationship off. There's still a sense of rejection there. Imagine what it's like when rumors start to spread throughout their high school. So it is very difficult. The reality is there are many people in our parish who experience rejection for living their faith. This includes a lot of people who are new to the faith or returning to the faith after being away for a long time. They often experience rejection from family and friends. I'm aware of some stories, but I know that there are many others that I'm not aware of. All right, living out our faith vibrantly, it will lead to some type of rejection or exclusion. But even when this is difficult, even when it's very difficult to be faithful, we are still expected to put our faith first. We are expected to choose our faith and to live our faith, even when it means that we'll be rejected by human beings. And that is very difficult. And we need to keep this in mind when we think about our parish culture. Alright, parish culture is incredibly important because when we come to Mass, alright, we might, we might hear the reading from St. Peter here and, and think of ourselves, you know, in our own personal lives as sort of these uh, living stones rejected. But... We also need to think and be aware that some of our uh, fellow parishioners are feeling this as well, all right? Many of our fellow parishioners are experiencing some of this rejection. And having a healthy parish culture, it can sustain people through times in which they might suffer a bit because of their faith. If a person's trying to live the gospel in the world, and this leads to some type of rejection. You'd better believe that a healthy parish community is going to make a difference in that person's life and that it's going to sustain them in putting their faith first. An example, uh, when a friend of mine uh, went to medical school, he went into his rotations, and during one of his rotations, uh, he was asked to perform... A procedure, a medical procedure, that he believed was wrong. He did not believe that this was in keeping with the dignity of the human person. So he had to stand up to his rotation director, or whatever they're called, and say, no, I'm sorry, I'm not willing to do this. Of course, he was threatened by his director, the other medical students started, you know, gossip about him and say, boy, can you believe what he did? It became a pretty big deal. Well, thankfully, he belonged to a healthy parish. He had very good Catholic friends, and they helped him to remain faithful and to deal with some of that rejection. It motivated him to stay his course and now Of course, he's a very good doctor down in California. But without this parish culture and without his friends, I think it would have been very difficult for him to stay strong in his faith. Another group that we need to think about in this similar context, you know, that's doctors, but one that hits much closer to home, we need to think of are families with young children. All right, most of my close friends right now have small children. And many of my friends have also been very open to life. They've been open to God blessing them with a large family. family much bigger than average. In fact, I was just calculating it. My four best friends who are married, between the four of them, have 20 children. All right, And they deal with a lot of rudeness In the world. When they're in restaurants, when they're in grocery stores, or God forbid, when they have to get on an airplane, they deal with a lot of rudeness. People rolling their eyes, people looking, oh God, here we go. Sarcastic comments from people. Think you got enough kids? All right? Again, this is a type of rejection and exclusion. And unfortunately, unfortunately, sometimes they go to Mass and they get the same thing that they get everywhere else in the world. People rolling their eyes. People shushing. People getting up and moving to a new place in the church they get the same sense that their presence is a bit of a disturbance. And these are friends of mine who are very strong in their faith. Perhaps people who are a bit weaker in their faith might not be able to endure some of that treatment. All right, That children are an inconvenience. That isn't a disposition of people who believe the church is made of living stones rejected by human beings. If you're a person who's distressed about the relatively small number of active families in the parish, and I know there are many of you, I have an idea. When you come to Mass, sit near some of these families. Acknowledge their children. In fact, if the child is old enough, ask the child their name. Talk to the child. Introduce yourself. Offer to help if the child gets a little bit fussy during the Mass. It'll make a difference. All right, we hear all the time about the church needing to be welcoming and needing to be hospitable and needing to be inclusive. Okay, and that's true. It certainly is. And I do believe that our parish and really almost every Catholic church I've ever been to could experience some huge improvements in this area. But the letter of Peter, it sheds light on why we need to be welcoming and why we need to be hospitable. We want to be welcoming and hospitable and inclusive not because we simply care about numbers wanting people to attend Mass, and wanting more people to share the, bur- the financial burden of running a parish, we need to be welcoming because Catholics are actually experiencing rejection and exclusion in the world. We need to be inclusive not because our society understands inclusivity to be some high virtuous concept, but because Catholics are actually experiencing a bit of exclusion because of their faith. Again, it can even be amongst their family and friends. So if you're a person who's been critical of other Catholics, who's been critical of our fellow parishioners, who seem to have compromised clear teachings... Of our faith, clear moral teachings, clear doctrinal teachings. I have an idea for you as well. The best thing you can do is come to Mass about 10, 15 minutes early, stand by one of the doors, shake people's hands as they come into Mass, come to social events at the parish. The Knights of Columbus breakfasts, even coffee and donuts, things like the crab feed, things of that nature. That's where people are who are experiencing perhaps some type of rejection. That's where we all need to be. The early Christians that Peter was writing to, these early Christians, they needed a strong, welcoming Christian community to nourish their faith and sustain their faith when everyone else around them was rejecting them, mocking them that they were following this Jesus. They were disappointing their elders by straying from uh, their their religious heritage and embracing this new way. All right? The early Christians needed that, and people today need this as well. There are so many small sacrifices that we can make to become more available and more supportive of our fellow Catholics who are experiencing rejection for their faith. Making these sacrifices might seem small, but they can be an important sacrifice to help build up our parish with living stones, even living stones that are rejected by human beings for living their faith.